Amen. Thank you, ladies. Great job and great thought. Go ahead and get in your Bible to Matthew. Matthew chapter 13. I can't imagine how different our churches and our families and our world would be if we prayed like we ought to pray. Matthew chapter 13. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one near you. It's got a hard black cover. We will be on page 713. Matthew chapter 13 on Sunday mornings. We have been working our way through a series uh, called Great Truths Communicated with Simple Words. Profound things, of course, are best understood by most of us when they're communicated uh, through the vehicle of simplicity. When complex things are communicated with difficult words, they are often misunderstood or not understood at all. And God makes sure the most important things to Him are communicated to us simply so we can all understand them if we want to. And so months ago, from a list of 916 verses in our Bible, where every word in that verse is a one-syllable word other than a name or a number, I prayerfully put together a Sunday morning series that we're in the process of going through now. And last Sunday morning, we talked together about fearing the Lord to rightly follow the Lord. And in simple terms, God made sure we understand that everyone should have a healthy fear of God. And we talked about the fact that there is a healthy fear of God and that there is an unhealthy fear of God. Unsaved people with a healthy fear of God repent. And they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers' fear of God is healthy when we fear God more than we fear man. Believers' fear of God is healthy when it impacts both our behavior and our affections. And we learned as we close out the message that as believers mature in their faith, they are less and less motivated by fear and more and more motivated by love of God rather than fear of God. Fear of God is a good beginning motive, but it is not the best nor most mature motive for obeying God. Today, we return to the New Testament to one of many interesting statements made by the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you understand this morning there is no equal in history to Jesus of Nazareth. No one is even close. No other religious leader had scores of prophecies predicting their birthplace, the time they would be born, the work they would do, the way they would die, or that they would be resurrected from the dead. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. No other religious leader did the kinds of miracles he did. Not unverifiable things like people call miracles today. I'm talking about people living with leprosy, verified to the degree that they lived in a leper colony and Jesus made them clean. I'm talking about people verifiably blind from birth, blind for decades, and Jesus verifiably makes them see. I'm talking about people verifiably dead, not near death, dead that he raised from the dead. Jesus has no equal. So when we read the words of Jesus, we are reading the words of God, whether we tingle when we read them or not. <laughs> In fact, it's no wonder that his enemies concluded after hearing him, never man spake like this man. No one has ever spoken like Jesus spake. No one has ever loved like He loved. No one lived like He lived. Jesus Christ is the sinless Son of the living God. I mean, who among us wouldn't wait in, in line for days 
just to hear him personally for a few moments. To hear his voice raise in anger. To hear his voice crack with emotion. To hear his voice invite us to come to him regardless of how heavy laden burden we were with the things of life. Who among us wouldn't pay any admission price to see him with our own eyes for even a few moments? To see his smile when a little child jumps in his arms. To see him stand and speak so boldly right to the people who hated him and plotted his destruction. To see the compassion on his face when some prodigal comes home from the pig pen. He has no equal in human history in his birth, in his life, his message, his sacrificial death, his resurrection from the dead after three days. He is the Son of God. But listen to this. Isn't this interesting? Did you know that many who had the opportunity to hear him and see him personally didn't bother to? I mean, imagine not checking him out. Did you know a lot of people who have opportunity to hear Jesus and hear what he did today still don't bother to check him out? Few make the effort. If you're able to stand, if you would stand this morning, please, in the honor of God's word, the title of my thought is The Blessing of Hearing and Seeing Now. The blessing of hearing and seeing now. Matthew chapter 13, we begin in the word of God in verse 15 where Jesus says, For this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Thank you, you might be seated. See, that day multitudes gathered by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. In fact, there were so many that gathered that Jesus got into a boat and pushed away from the shore. We see that as chapter 13 begins. It says, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. See, at this point, it's relatively early in the ministry of Jesus. He's been preaching that people needed to repent because the kingdom of heaven was at hand, but he had not yet defined what he meant when he talked about the kingdom of heaven. The Jews who heard him just assumed that he was talking about the kingdom promised in the Old Testament to the Jews, a kingdom where Messiah would reign and where the nation of Israel would be the head of nations and Jerusalem the capital of the world. That day with the multitude gathered, Jesus spake to the crowd in parables and he taught what he meant when he spoke about the kingdom of heaven. Being at hand in verse 3, it says, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. He spoke in parables. He used several of them that day. Some were to the crowd. Some were exclusively to his disciples. You see, they had no idea that he was 
going to suffer and die on a cross and be resurrected before he would be crowned king of the earth. The disciples, nor the crowd, they didn't understand that they first needed a savior before they needed a king who would rule the world and overcome the Roman authorities. Uninterpreted parables are difficult for us, and they were also difficult for the disciples that heard him. And so they didn't understand, and so they, they came to Jesus and they asked him. In verse 10, and the disciples came and said to him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and he said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. You see, parables were a method of teaching that Jesus used at times to reveal truths to his disciples that he wanted to conceal from other people who were either not ready to hear it or not interested in hearing it. By the way, people not being interested in hearing the truth is nothing new. People both then and now don't want to hear anything that is contrary to what they already believe or contrary to what they, are, what they already do in their behavior. They, they don't want to hear it, but that's nothing new. By the way, may God help all of us to be willing to hear the truth and humble enough to apply what God has led us to understand from his word. And in our text, Jesus explains why most of the Jews were not interested in what he had to say. They had closed their eyes. Verse 15, for this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You see, in closing their eyes to the truth Jesus was speaking and to the miracles he was doing, their heart had grown hard to the truth. It had waxed gross. Their ears were closed to what he had to say. They were dull of hearing. Listen, they did understand this. If they listened to what he had to say, if they would open their eyes and hear what he had to say, they knew that it would demand a change in their life. They knew if they listened to him, they could not continue to believe what they believed before. If they listened to him, they could not continue to behave like they behaved before. And so and rather than consider that, they just closed their eyes to what he had to say and what he was doing and that hardened their heart and closed their ears. Have you ever thought about this? Most people have as much of Jesus and as much of the truth from the Word of God as they really want. Most people don't want to go to a church like this. They don't want to go somewhere where someone clearly preaches and teaches the words of God in every one of our Sunday school classes and behind this pulpit, regardless of who's behind it. You see, the truth of Christ always demands change in us. See, the average person refuses to ask someone who might know the answer what they need to do to be saved, even though they know they're not sure if they're saved. The average person refused to ask someone who might know what the Bible teaches about baptism or about the Lord's church. They don't really know those answers, but 
They don't ask the question because they don't want to face the answer. Listen, the average person refuses to ask someone who might know what the Bible teaches about morality, what the Bible teaches about marriage. They they don't really want to know. They don't want to know what our Creator has to say about any of those things. They just wrongly assume that God will somehow, someday, just overlook them willfully choosing to remain ignorant, which in the end, God will not do. By the way, may God help all of us to open our eyes to what's written in the Scriptures. Because if we open our eyes to what's written in the Scriptures, our hearts will become softer and our spiritual ears will be open to hear the things of God with a humble attitude. And Jesus, after explaining to them what's going on and why the response is like it is and why he's teaching in parables, he reminds them of how privileged they were as his disciples to see what they saw and hear what they'd heard. Verse 16, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. See, people from the earliest days after Adam sinned had been looking for the promised Messiah. I mean, since God said in Genesis chapter 3 that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the seed of serpent, every person of faith had been looking for this Messiah. And that's what Jesus tells them in verse 17. For verily I say unto you, many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them. And hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. See, people of faith always wondered, what what is the point of all the blood of these goats and lambs? Why? Why? How, How could the Messiah be prophesied to be a suffering servant and a conquering king? People of faith wondered how the Messiah could be said to be David's son, and David's Lord. They they wondered how he could be born in Bethlehem of Judea and also have his goings forth have been from eternity past. They wondered. They wondered about those things, but they didn't wonder enough to ask Jesus or his disciples. Because it's always been easier to stick with our religious traditions, and in their case, religious traditions of Judaism. It's always easier to stick with where they were and what they thought and what they believed than it is to expose themselves to the truth and risk needing to change. You see, people listening to and watching Jesus were incredibly privileged, but most of them didn't appreciate it. And so in the simplest terms, all one-syllable words, Jesus reminded his disciples how privileged they were to hear him themselves with their own ears and to see all the things he was doing with their own eyes. Did you catch those one-syllable words? A clear statement in verse 16, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. You know, it may seem unthinkable to us, but after they'd heard Jesus speak a bunch of times, it got to be old hat. I mean, after all, he 
very often repeated the truths that he had taught before. Listen, every time the crowd changed, uh, the crowd needed to hear the same basic, simple Bible truths, spiritual truths that everyone needs to hear to begin their walk with God. And so his disciples, and especially his apostles and the other committed disciples, they'd heard hundreds of times those things, just like many of us have heard the basic truths hundreds of times. Uh, Listen, I I understand who's here. This morning, if I said I was preaching on John 3.16, there would be inevitably some, uh, I've heard that a million times. May seem unthinkable. But his disciples took for granted to be able to go to him personally with their questions. Listen, There was a day coming when they would no longer get to hear him with their ears. They would no longer get to see what he was doing with their own eyes. They would no longer be able to take their questions to him personally. And just like us, they took for granted what was familiar and they missed the blessing of fully appreciating what they were seeing and hearing then. In fact, because his disciples had that attitude, Jesus said to them in Luke chapter 17, uh, he said, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. See, their eyes were blessed to see what they saw, but after a while, they didn't appreciate it like they did at first. Their ears were blessed to hear what they heard, but after a while, they didn't appreciate it like they did at first. Prophets and righteous people had gone before them and longed for the days to be able to hear and see the Messiah. And yet when he finally came, most people weren't interested. And those who were interested after a while, they just took it all for granted. And so in the simplest terms, Jesus made sure his disciples understood what they saw and heard was something very Special, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Let me ask you this morning, do you appreciate what you can see and hear about Jesus of Nazareth? Or is the Bible just old hat to you? Do you appreciate the special people in your life when you can see and hear them? Or or do you take them for granted? Do you appreciate the season of life you're in right now? Or will it be over before you realize what you have now? Will the days come when you desire to see and hear what you have now? But now you take for granted what you have now. And so what I'd like to do for just a little while is make some observations and applications about being blessed to see and hear what we see and hear today. Please first turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Here's number one. We can still hear what Jesus did and hear what he said written in the pages of the Bible. (laughs) Have you ever thought about how blessed we are to have the Bible in our language? that we can read it ourselves, to see and hear Jesus on its pages. 
I'm told that between 200 and 250 million people do not have any portion whatsoever of the Scripture in their heart language. They, they don't have John 3.16. They don't have any of the Gospels. They don't have Romans to understand doctrine. They don't have Psalms to understand praising God and the difficulties of life. They don't have Proverbs to understand how you live wisely in the eyes of their Creator. They don't have a bit of it. By the way, that doesn't mean that no one is witnessing to them. That doesn't mean that no one is trying to reach them. It means that they can't look down and in their heart language read and see the things that Jesus said and did. Listen, it's easy to take our Bible for granted. As far as I know, the people in this room were part of the 80% of 8 billion people who have a completed Bible in our heart language. I mean, as far as I know here today, everybody's heart language is either English, Spanish, or French. As far as I know. And there's a completed Bible in not just those three languages, 721 other languages, and an additional 1,617 languages have a completed New Testament. Let me ask you this morning, for those who own a Bible and make a habit of regularly reading God's words, do you take what you have for granted? Is it an old hat for you to somebody, for, for, for you read, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life? Is it an old hat for you to read, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God? Is it just a crusty old phrase for you to hear, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works as any man should boast? Is it ho-hum to you to read? That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Do you realize how blessed you are to see what you see, hear what you hear from the word of God? Do you realize how blessed you are to hear and see the words and deeds of Jesus of Nazareth? Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For those who don't own a Bible or never bother to read the one you have, you don't know what a great blessing you're missing. It is a blessing to hear Jesus to hear him this morning with our own ears as he makes sure we understand he's the only way to the Father. Look what he says here in Matthew eleven twenty seven: All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. If Jesus does not reveal the Father to you, you cannot know the Father. By the way, that's just a different way of Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's a blessing to hear Jesus, to hear him this morning with our own ears as he personally invites us to come to him to find rest to our souls. Look at verse 28 there in chapter 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am Meek and lowly in heart, ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
turn up a couple pages and hear Jesus and we're blessed this morning with our own ears to hear him talk about hellfire waiting for those who reject him in a kingdom for those who live righteously in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 41 Jesus says the son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth you say well I don't believe in hellfire what do you actually do you know about what happens after death? Listen, people write near-death experience books. Nobody writes after-death experience books. Jesus opens the veil and lets us know there's hellfire waiting those who reject him. In verse 43, then shall the righteous shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Listen, if you know Christ, there's a kingdom for you. And if you don't, there's hellfire waiting for you. What a privilege and blessing to hear Jesus with our own ears. Listen, we're so blessed to hear what uh, over 200 million people have no access to hear. And yet some within the sound of my voice have never bothered to try to hear what Jesus has to say. What a tragedy. Turn up a few pages to chapter 15 as we hear him rebuke the religious Jews for valuing their traditions above the Bible. In Matthew chapter 15, notice what he says in verse 7, ye hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. It's a blessing to hear Jesus. To hear him this morning with our own ears as he re promises to return and reward faithful believers. Turn up a page or so to Matthew 16, verse 27. He says there, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Did you realize that if you do good today, you're not going to be fully rewarded today? The full reward of anything any Christian does for Christ will not be to the judgment seat of Christ. It's a blessing to hear Jesus, to hear Him with our own ears as He makes sure that adults don't hinder children from coming to Him. Look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 4. He says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same as greatest, in the kingdom of heaven, whosoever shall receive one such little child of my name receiveth me. Whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Wow. I guess it's a pretty big deal whether you keep your children out of Sunday school and children's ministries. I guess it's a pretty big deal when People in the church are not kind and warm and friendly to children who come by some means other than a car. Let me ask you, do you take time to hear Jesus for yourself? Do you just take for granted that the words of Christ are available to you, but you spend little or no time hearing Jesus? He is the Son of God, and no man ever spake 
like this man and you and I, though we cannot hear him today with our physical ears like the disciples did then, we can still hear him today as we read the words he spoke. Go back to Matthew chapter 8. Because it isn't just a blessing to hear Jesus, it is also a blessing to see him with our own eyes as he commands the winds and the waves and they obey him. This is one of my favorite miracles. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 says that when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. When there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. His disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said to them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith. But you know, that's pretty tough talk. I mean, these are seasoned fishermen, afraid for their life because the seas are so bad. And Jesus didn't just pat them on the head and say, man, I love you guys. Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. It says, then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. The men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Could you imagine that? Dark clouds, lightning, thunder, rain, large waves. He just stands in the back. Peace be still. Calm. See it. It's written so we can see what he did. And it is a blessing to see what he did. Notice what he does in Matthew chapter 9 as he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. In Matthew 9, verse 23, when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and he took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. Well, what a blessing to see. Weeping parents, neighbors, friends, and family. Ah, she's just sleeping. (laughs) You're you're crazy. And he puts them all out. He takes her by the hand. He says, Talitha Kumai, which just means damsel, I say unto thee, arise. She just sits up. What a blessing to see what he did. Hearing about Matthew 26. You know, I think a lot of people don't take the time to see what Jesus did when he suffered for us. And over the course of years, I think most of us don't have much appreciation for how difficult the cross and the events that led up to it were for Jesus. But God wrote them down so that we could see them. Because blessed are eyes that see and blessed are ears that hear. And we can see this morning what he did at the palace of the high priest in Matthew 26 and verse 64. Jesus saith unto him, thou hast said, nevertheless I say unto you, hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, 
He's spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now you've heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered, he's guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face, buffeted him. Now they smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is it that smote thee? See what he did. See what he did. Matthew chapter 27, verse 22. Matthew 27, verse 22. Pilate saith unto him, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather that a tumult was made. He took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. See a little phrase, scourged Jesus, those two words. That's a Roman soldier with some sort of a whip that likely had bone or glass on the ends of the tips, beating him with all of his strength. And God wrote it so we could see it. Why do you suppose that God wrote about the angel saying to the women, uh, behold, he is not here. He is risen, as he said. Listen, we are blessed to see. We are blessed to hear. And, and God has written it down so that because we can't see that stuff with our physical ears, we can see it today as we read it in God's Word. You say, Brother Wally, why would Jesus endure such things? He suffered for you. It's a big deal when you reject Jesus. He did that because you and I are guilty sinners. He did that because we're liars. He did that because we're blasphemers. He did that because we're thieves. He did that because we had no passion for our Creator. And He said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you're not saved this morning, not sure if Christ is in your life. What will keep you from responding to his invitation when he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden? And if you're saved, but you haven't bothered to hear what he said or see what he did, what would keep you from changing? If you've grown dull of hearing, if you've closed your eyes, if you've let these great truths of the things of God just become old hat to you today, what, what, what would keep you from changing that? But it's not just that all of us can hear what Jesus said and see what he did in the pages of God's written words. Go lastly in your Bible to Luke chapter 27. Luke 27. Lastly, this morning, number two, we need to recognize and appreciate the unique blessings we have today. So, Brother Wally, what unique blessings do I have? I'm 13. Uh, listen, when you finish 
high school, you'll look back and wish you didn't have any responsibilities. And I could go on. Every season of life has special, unique, good things about it. Notice what he says, and I read this to you earlier, but in Luke 17, 22, it uh, says that he said unto his disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. Do you know why he said that? Because they were taken for granted what they were seeing and hearing. Listen, it would have been great to see a leper healed the first time. But after you saw it 50 times, yeah, another leper. It would have been great to hear Jesus say the first time, blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh, but how about a hundred times? You see, the same groom who was awestruck by his bride on their wedding day sometimes no longer appreciates her anymore. The same bride who could look into her husband's eyes for long periods of time now can barely look at all. The excitement and responsibility of becoming a new parent fades at times into making little effort with your children. To watch your child take their first steps was an incredibly exciting moment, but now they walk and you think nothing of it. Listen, to see God move at Bible Baptist Church was exciting for all of us when we started. But now that God has been moving here for over 16 years, there's a lot of people, and you're not excited anymore. Listen, when, when God moves, it requires us to go out of our way, to be committed to our ministry, and, and for some, that's become nothing like it was when you first started here. It's exactly what Jesus warned about. You know, to hear the kind of preaching and teaching you hear regularly here from this pulpit and in your Sunday school classes, listen, you just take it for granted. Uh, some at this point, you come here and you almost have this idea, listen, bless me and impress me if you can, but it's not likely. So how do you know that? I watch you get up during invitation. When you don't have anywhere, you have to be. So, oh yeah, entertain me, Brother Wally, for 40 minutes, but I'm not going to stay to respond. Say, Brother Wally, I've been listening to you a while and you have nothing new to say. You're right. If you've listened to me long enough, I haven't said anything new here for years. God hasn't changed. God's word hasn't changed. And we haven't changed. I wonder what in the world it is I'm supposed to find that's new. This is a tragedy when husbands and wives take each other for granted. I mean, and now you just bicker back and forth, little warmth, little appreciation. Hear me when I say, I don't want to begin to appreciate my wife. If God forbid something happens to her. I don't want to begin to appreciate my children. My grandchildren, our daughters-in-laws. 
if, God forbid, something happens. I don't want to appreciate what God is doing here or the privilege of pastoring this people when I can no longer do that. Do you ever, when you get out of bed, you thank God that you got out of bed? Or are you waiting for the day you can't? I go for my morning prayer walk, and I'll start my prayer walk the same way. God, thank you for legs I can still walk. Thank you for the eyes that I can still see, even though I'm looking at man's works instead of yours. God, thank you for a mind to be able to understand and comprehend. Thank you for being a father who listens to me. Why do we always wait until something is gone or something has changed to appreciate what we have? My old friend is here. I didn't know she was coming until late this week. I'm glad I appreciated working with her, Brother Preston, and Brother Keith, and Brother Steve. I thank God for Joe, and Josh, and now Stephen. What do you do? Does it require something bad to happen before you ever notice and appreciate? Listen, it's the words of Jesus. It's the words of God. It's the work of God. Do you realize what a privilege you have if you still have health and mind to serve? You know, there's going to be a day coming where I won't be strong enough to be in the cleaning crew anymore. Blessed are eyes that see and ears that hear. You know, sometimes we got eight grandkids. The oldest one is four and a half or four and three quarters. And sometimes when they come over, I, I catch myself not being appreciative and not wanting to put in the effort to enjoy where they are. Do you know what happens to people that don't enjoy where they are? They look back with a lot of regrets. So I exhort you today, appreciate what you have. See what Jesus did. Hear what he said. And open your eyes to what God has done here and God has done in your life and to anything he lets you do. That's a blessed way to live. You can quietly stand this morning.